The first reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, from verses 22 to 40. Luke 2, 22 to 40. And it's on page 1028 of the Church Bibles. When the time of their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for the revelation of the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. This is the word of the Lord. Well, some of us, like Anna and Simeon, have been waiting for decades, tending our businesses, running our clinics, raising our children, returning faithfully every Sunday as the seasons and years pass, leisurely watching the, re the weekly routine of prayers offered, of uh, choruses sung, collections taken, sermons preached, waiting for God. But to be honest, in our generation, we have a real problem with waiting, don't we? 
our technology and our communication advances mean that there's so much we don't actually need to wait for. We no longer need to wait till autumn to eat apples. We, don't, we have hot water on demand. Amazon brings us whatever we want from anywhere in the world. We don't even need to cook our own supper. We can just get fast food on any street corner. But that has spread wider and deeper through our culture. We no longer save up to buy something, but we get it on credit straight away. We don't feel the need to wait for marriage, for sex. If we fall out of love or friendship, we walk away, move on, rather than working at it and waiting for love or friendship to return. Instant gratification, one of the tremendous privileges, it seems, of our generation, but it comes at a cost. To begin with, we don't really appreciate what we haven't had to wait for, or to, to work at, to labor for. Easy come, easy go. Can you think of something that you had to wait for for more than a year, more than two or three years? Can you think of such a thing? Did you enjoy it when it came more than what you bought on the internet? Secondly, we don't ever get good or make a significant contribution just by rocking up without practice or preparation. Nobody here is going to become the white-hot next hope for Pompey turning up in their jeans without having played football before. But more than that, not waiting often involves hidden costs which only later become apparent. For the apples from New Zealand, which we can enjoy in the spring, we add to the pollution of our planet. For our instant purchases, we are adding to our unpayable personal debt which will one day catch up with us. From our sexual and commitment choices, we have reaped a harvest of family and relational chaos which has broken the lives of millions. All of this comes to a climax in our desire for instant gratification with God. We want him to show up in our life right now in the way that we want it on our terms. But the richness of our relationship with God is only discovered in time, not instantly. This relationship with God, the most wonderful, the most precious, the most rich and glorious of the relationships offered to us, available to us, is discovered in time, not instantly. It involves our intentional commitment through thick and thin to discover the enduring and glorious qualities that it offers, that it brings to us. And the timing of it is not ours to command, nor is the manner of it. If you want to find God, you need to seek him with all your heart, and you need to keep on seeking and waiting. Perhaps like Anna and Simeon, who have been brought up on the prophets like Micah, and uh, Malachi, you're waiting for a blinding light and the thunder of great doors closing 
and God to arrive as a hero and rescue you and set the worlds to rights. But Anna and Simeon, with the clear eyes of love, love that is patient and kind, had the humility to see God when he arrived in weakness, vulnerability, and need in the baby Jesus. Shall we hear our second reading? On page, if you turn forward to page 1226, you'll find 1 John and 1 John 3, and we're starting at the first verse. And it should, I hope, appear on the screen behind me as well. So 1 John 3, verse 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see what he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. I'm sure you know of the kind old watchmaker who dreamt that God would visit him the next day. And so he spring cleaned his house and his shop and prepared as good a meal as he could to welcome God and he waited eagerly. That night he returned sadly to his bedroom. There had been no visitor, just a tattered old man a ragged orphan, and a shivering mother. Expecting a risen Lord, he hadn't spotted the crucified Redeemer who had come to visit him. For God is love, and we find him as we love. God was there in our gospel story this morning, as the mother and the father lovingly dedicated their child. God was there as the nameless priest humbly went about his daily duties, accepting offerings and articulating worship. God was there as the faithful saints generously gilded each newcomer with their intercessions. So look around you at the faces you see here this morning. Familiar and unfamiliar. Joyful, careworn. Look carefully and you will find God in them, in Jesus. For God has come here too. 
I've been so conscious of God's presence over this last year, over these last 10 years, in the lives of those who have become good friends and those who are new to me today, each day, in the words and voices and stories of strangers visiting for the first time, in the babies I've baptized, and in those with whom I've shared communion in the last days of their lives. Through the articulate sermons, testimonies, and prayers of those who have contributed to services from the frontier, and from those who were scarcely comprehensible. I'm conscious that God is touching each one of us, preparing to touch us again in this coming year through people of unfamiliar ways and cultures coming to live amongst us. And some of you are moving on, will be moving on in this coming year, moving on to new things, new places, meeting new people. Remember to look out for God in strange places, unfamiliar ways, unknown faces. And for those of us who remain here, in our own homes and family situations, keep on looking for God. If you didn't get an answer to your theme verse this last year, don't worry, there's still next year. Don't stop looking for God. And remember that the wise men and Simeon and Anna found God in Jesus. For God still waits to be found in Jesus amongst us. Look for him with love. Make him visible in acts of love. Keep your heart open and go on searching for God and waiting for him. And though our theme verse will be different in this coming year, remember you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. Shall we pray? Thank you, Lord, for those who wait faithfully for you. Give them the humility to recognize you in unexpected places and the love to cherish you in those in whom you are found. Amen.